You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. The long-awaited return of the NFL has officially started today. Um, Tomorrow for me, but I'll play along and pretend that it's Thursday for me as well. Very excited. In fact, as I was thinking this through, I think I should probably just stream the game tomorrow. That's what I think I should do. I don't know logistically how to do that. I'll probably have to just leave you for a moment and go say goodnight to the family and then come back and probably lose out on some sleep. But it sounds like fun. I don't know. If it's super boring, I might kill it at halftime. I don't know. But uh, I think that could be kind of cool. I do want to talk a little bit about the game because, you know, previewing other games is something I do on the podcast. If you don't like that, that's unfortunate. Because I do it. Um, fortunately for everybody, this is a pretty straightforward game. <laughs> I uh, fully anticipate Tampa nailing them to the wall. And um, I, I want to start here, but I can't start with Packers news and then move on. So let's just let's just do it. But before we do it, thank you very much to Matt Haig, Hog, sir, for your uh, contribution to the Patreon community. It's greatly appreciated. Make sure you jump in on the CBS Pick and Pool. Um, you got to do that today. Everybody that has, about half the people in that league haven't even made their picks yet. Go do that immediately because starting today, you suckers are about to lose some points. And so burn. Anyways, let's talk about the game tonight. Who are we rooting for? Most people, if I had to guess Packer fans want Dallas to lose, I've said it before, I don't have as much hatred and animosity toward the Cowboys as a lot of people do. They've been an irrelevant franchise for like 20 years, so I'm not super worried about it. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, however, just kicked us out of the Super Bowl last year. So I'm a little bit more bitter about that than like 1995 getting beat by the Cowboys or whatever year that was. So that's just just my thought. So would I be happy if Dallas beat Tampa? A hundred percent. I wouldn't be able to stop laughing. I would have to do an emergency podcast just to laugh at Tom Brady and the stupid Buccaneers and every single... I would just list them by name and laugh. And that would be the end of the podcast. Doesn't matter if it's a fluke week one thing. Doesn't matter if it's a uh, Thursday night kind of fluky thing. I don't care. I'm laughing. But uh, Vegas isn't really laughing very much. They have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unlike the Green Bay Packers, at uh, 8.5 point favorites. And again, unlike um, the Packers game, PFF actually thinks that that's underselling the uh, Buccaneers, which is a little annoying because, again, the Packers are back to about four points as far as market value. And PFF is like, nah, it's more like three. Minus 9.4 for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game. 
ultimately week one, it's a lot of it is going to end up coming down to what are we going to get in week one? Like, are, are we going to get uh, everybody at their best? If so, Dallas doesn't have a lot to work with. However, there are opportunities here. And the best thing the Cowboys can do is to come out absolutely swinging. Because talk up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all you want. They're not as foolproof as everybody makes them out to be. You guys have got three wide receivers. Use it. Use it. They don't have corners that can keep up with that. On top of that, you got a quarterback that can scramble. You've got a running back. And the offensive line is not that bad. And so we can sit here and talk about Ndamukong Sue, who is unbelievably overrated, and Jason Pierre-Paul, who is unbelievably overrated, because their sack numbers were decent. But their pressure numbers are garbage, because they're, they're not good at it. Now, Vita Vea and Shaq Barrett, yeah, they're pretty solid. Shaq Barrett ranked 22nd of all edge rushers. That's pretty good. He gets a lot of pressure. Kind of terrible against the run, which you could use to your advantage because you're a team that is likes to run the ball and whatnot. But there, there's every reason to believe that you should be able to push this team around. Most teams last year couldn't figure out how to do it, but you should be able to. The bigger issue in my mind is going to be your defense's ability to stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Even if you can win a couple matchups, even if you can kind of take it, take them to task and score some points, that's all good and great. But how do you stop Tom Brady with this offensive line, with this these wide receivers, with uh, the running back and tight end, and the whole group with this defense, with these terrible corners, terrible linebackers, subpar safeties? I mean, you got pass rushers. The Cowboys are a lot like the Saints, with the exception of not having as good of an offense. I mean, the Saints don't have as good of an offense. You got the pass rushers on the edge. What else you got? So, I mean, the, the, the biggest challenge for the Cowboys is going to be how in the world do we stop the offense? But if you can figure it out, if you can get the pressure especially, generate a lot of pressure and slow down the offense, maybe try to make them one-dimensional, don't let them run the ball very much, then you got a shot. And you just got to lay it on thick with the offense. And to be honest, the best strategy for you probably is to do what you used to do back when you were a competent football team, run the ball a lot. It's going to be very impossible against this particular defense because that's the one thing they don't let you do. But if you can pull it off, do it because you want to control the ball. But even that is like, that's how you know this isn't going to, ha- this isn't going to work for the, for the Cowboys. The best strategy you have, because your defense is so inept, is to run the ball. First of all, Mike McCarthy will refuse. Second of all, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't going to let you. So you're going to have to just drop back and throw all over the yard. And so even if you score on 50% of your drives, you're just playing sling it with Tom Brady and that. There's, I don't see any way that happens, man. Um, I do know Tom Brady is, has a penchant for throwing interceptions, so if you can take advantage of as many of those as possible. But it's really just one of those things where everything has to go right for Dallas in order to win the game. Every, anything's possible. But realistically, there's, I'm sorry, but no. Anyways, let's talk to let's talk about the topic du jour. I, I've noticed that this has become unbelievably popular. I was going to... Oh, jeez. Apparently that X is out of the article for some reason. I saw this come across on Twitter, and I didn't really... It's one of those things, I didn't think anything of it, but everybody is freaking out. The tweet that has everybody losing their mind comes from Tom Silverstein. Silverstein. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams, who said there's no chance of him signing a deal before Sunday, is in the same stalemate as Steelers TJ Watt is in, a source said. Packers won't guarantee years and only will guarantee through a signing bonus. They are standing firm on this. And everybody's losing their mind. Everybody is saying that this means he's not going to be signed and he's going to be a free agent. And I, again, what changed? It says he's he's not going to sign before Sunday. Well, duh, you thought he was going to? I mean, it was possible, but 
I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, that can't be the thing that's causing everyone to freak out. And the fact that they're stuck on structure, well, first of all, kind of duh. But second of all, that's actually kind of good news. If, if the issue here isn't average per year, remember, the biggest issue is he wanted average per year, which the average per year that he must have been targeting, if he wanted to be the highest ever, would be $27 million or above that. And that's insane, and he was never going to get that from the Packers. Now he's saying, that doesn't matter, I care more about guarantees. That works in our favor. Because that, that average per year contract is mostly garbage. We can work with a lower number with higher guarantees. Now we're just working about structure. That's it. So, I, again, I don't see this necessarily as bad news. I mean, the, the worst it could be is we come back full circle to the same spot we were in before where we say maybe they don't find a compromise. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's kind of what we were thinking yesterday before this tweet went out too, right? But I think I'm less concerned now, now that I know it's more about structure than about average per year, which is kind of stupid. Another note before we move on, and this is like the number one comment, and I know this is like 90% of the fan base, so I'm going to try not to be too mean, but it just it just drives me nuts. First of all, the part of this that obviously annoys a lot of people in this tweet, the Packers won't guarantee years and only guarantee through a signing bonus. They're standing firm on this. Everybody says you're stuck in your old ways and this is terrible. Why? How do you know? How do you know that's terrible? The only reason people are saying that is because the strategy that a lot of fans employ is sign them at all cost. And that, my friends, is not smart. There is a cost, and we should not be signing people at all cost. By the way, these same people want us to bring back Rodgers at all cost, wanted Aaron Jones at all cost, are going to want Jair at all cost, Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark, everybody at all cost. Unfortunately, that's not how that works. That's not reality. So here's essentially how this works. People seem to think like the Packers can pocket this money, like they're greedy capitalists that pack, that, that pock, line their pockets with salary cap money that they don't spend on Devontae because they're cheap and they're greedy. No, they're going to spend every dollar of this, and every dollar of this is going to be spent on players. It is a fixed pie, and the more they shift to Devontae, the more they're shifting away from everybody else. So while you're kicking and screaming that, oh, these darn Packers won't do what it takes to keep Devontae, what they're really doing is ensuring that they can give that money to other players that also deserve it. They're not going to give him too much so that they can't pay Jair. They're not going to give him too much so that they can't pay Elton Jenkins when that time comes or Darnell Savage, or Rashawn Gary. The money that you want them to just willy-nilly throw around at Devontae is earmarked for them, maybe not specifically, but you have to be smart about this. You cannot be reckless, and everybody in these comments here is just screaming, be reckless, how dare you, you're stuck in your old ways, you're idiots, you guys are terrible because you won't be reckless and stupid. Comment here says, isn't it time for the Steelers and Packers to adjust their ways when it comes to contracts? Feel like they're willing to let stars walk just out of principle. First of all, the Packers have let basically nobody walk. Very few. I mean, Corey Lindsley, yes, but if we're going to talk about offensive linemen in third years of their contracts, there's almost zero evidence of anybody going out and doing really, really well, um, Balaga included. Again, Sitton is the one example, and that was not really based on contract. That was a locker room issue. From my, That was my understanding of it. If the Packers want to bring somebody back, in almost every instance, they bring them back. They want to bring Devontae back. 
The next comment says, the Packers will presumably throw a big bonus number at him to make him forget that the rest of the numbers are mostly a fairy tale. That's every contract. It's just a matter of where the Packers front-loaded. And that's the other thing I don't really understand. Why do, why do people care that it's front-loaded? If I said I'm going to give you $20 million guaranteed over four years, but I'm going to give you $20 million today as opposed to $5 million per year, why do you care? The rest of the money's still fake anyways. If it's $100 million on top of that fleshed out throughout the rest of the contract, it's all fake money. Every dollar of it is fake. But again, the guarantees are either right now in the beginning or later. And as far as the salary cap is concerned, it's structured the same way because if I give you that bonus, the way it, it it's $20 million in real cash. It's $20 million out of our bank account and $20 million into your pocket. But the structure on the salary cap is $5 million per year. It's evenly distributed over the length of the contract. There has to be some kind of a reason. And I'm guessing they want them to structure the contract to make it harder to move on, which again, it's still going to be hard to move on, but there are ways I'm sure that you could backload the contract so that it's almost impossible to move on just for more security long term. But that, again, is getting into reckless territory. And we talked about this with Aaron Rodgers as well. It's, you know, and this is, again, where I get kind of annoyed with fans. And I understand you want to bring the guy back, and I understand you want to do right by him. But the Packers are trying to protect protect the franchise from falling into despair. Devontae Adams wants to make the most amount of money as possible. Those are the two sides. And so, I, yeah, I typically am on the side, and, and people always say, well, you're on the side of the, the corporation. It's not even their money. This is not Brian Gutekunst's money. He gets none of this. It's just a matter of structuring everybody's paycheck a certain way. His money is completely separate from this. Now, if you want to talk about NFL owners, fine, maybe a little bit, but even that doesn't make sense because it's, again, it's a fixed pie that goes to the players only. The reason I take the side of guys like Brian Gutekunst and, and Russ Ball is because their job is to structure it in a way that protects us so that we can continue to build a quality team this year and into the future. They're trying to structure it in a way that protects the franchise, and I want them to be able to protect the franchise. I am in no way saying, just pay the guy whatever he wants. I'm hoping they can find some kind of a compromise somewhere between high risk, i.e. Aaron or Devontae Adams gets hurt and we have to pay him you know, $20 million a year anyways. Because by the way, that's exactly what Devontae would love. And he knows he's not going to get that and he's not asking for that. But if it was a fully guaranteed contract, let's say $23 million a year over four years. And if he ends up gets getting hurt Sunday for the rest of his career, we're doomed. We're just, we're just trimming $23 million off the salary cap and we get nothing for it. That's reckless. And again, I know that's not what anybody's asking for, but that's the other side of this. So again, should the Packers be more flexible? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's more than one way to do things, and other teams seem to be successful doing things a certain way. But also, they have certain contracts set up a certain way so that everything kind of plays off everybody else's contract. All these contracts kind of work together. But again, the, the, the biggest takeaway that I have in this whole thing really is just that there's nothing to panic about. Of course, there's, there's some concern that maybe he's not going to come back. First of all, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, let's just say, there's such a, there's almost no doubt in my mind Devontae's staying. And I think a lot of people feel the exact opposite, but if they have the resource, they, listen, they just, they just don't, like I said, they don't let guys that they want to keep walk. Aaron Rodgers might be the one exception here if they really want him to stay. But again, even that is a completely different situation where it's, it's a guy that's saying it's not about money. I just don't want to be here. Um, and beyond that, they kind of structured this 
team, seemingly anyways, in, in the salary cap and everything, based on Rodgers probably won't be sticking around. So anyways, um, I'm kind of running a little bit late here because I was busy editing that dumb YouTube video. I did a first-round mock draft, so go check that out. Um, so anyways, I'm about to do the live stream, and uh, I want to kind of speed this up. So we'll take a break here. I want to look a little bit deeper into this article written by Mr. Tom Silverstein about this contract thing. And um, we'll see where we go from there. But we'll take a break. Please, if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, you can do so there. Uh, It's not too late. We are going to be announcing the winner of the Lombardi Trophy signed by Jordy Nelson um, on Saturday's podcast. So you'll have until, what, Friday? Call it Friday at noon. Tomorrow at noon, you've got until. So all you got to do, go over to sign up at pristineauction.com, use promo code Packernet, then go over to the Packernet Podcast Facebook page and follow that page and you're you're in, you're set up. And and once you do that, we're going to be doing a lot of different giveaways. So at the very least, when you sign up at Pristine Auction, you're, you're pretty much done and you're signed up for all these different giveaways. There's probably going to be a couple little twists and everything, but that'll that'll be about it. So just make sure you go do that, please. But let's take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, today is officially the day. we got uh, NFL today. So if you wanted to sign up over at DraftKings for a chance at $1 million, we're talking life-changing money. You know, you start talking about like give you a thousand bucks or whatever. Like I would take a thousand dollars. I would take 10 grand, but I don't know. I shouldn't say it doesn't change my life. It does, but I'm still going to work. Still got to do everything that I was doing. I just, uh, you know, cushion savings, little money toward the house, kids college. It goes away very quickly. A couple grand for a vacation and that's it. We're talking life changing. We're talking set for life. 
I don't have to care about anything anymore. Maybe still go to work. That's fine. But guess what? If I get fired, I don't care. I don't care because it's a million dollars. And today, you have a legitimate opportunity for $1 million top prize over at DraftKings. $4 million they're giving away in total uh, prize money. So make sure you head over to DraftKings. Get in on Thursday night single game showdown. You're going to draft six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Head over to the app right now. Download the DraftKings app. Use code PACKERNET. This week, new customers get a free shot at $1 million top prize, $4 million in total prizes. Enter code PACKERNET to get a free shot at $1 million top prize, your first deposit. That's code PACKERNET, only at DraftKings, the official draft fantasy partner of the NFL. $5 minimum deposit required. Eligibility restrictions required. Details. All right, I kind of botched that one, but you do have to put in five bucks, I guess. But then you get into that $10 competition free. That's my understanding. I don't know. But please get involved in that. Show DraftKings that you support this uh, podcast. Also, I intend to win. If I don't win, I fully expect one of you guys to win because I am confident that the winner will remember me and say, hey, I wouldn't have gotten this money if it wasn't for Mr. Pack Daddy. And so I will give him $725, something like that. Or we could just split it. Yeah, whatever. You figure it out. All right. Let's uh, take a little look-see here at this uh, article and just look a little bit more in depth at uh, what he's got to say. So the first thing is that it's a similar stalemate to what TJ Watt is dealing with. Again, that was in the tweet. They run their structures very similarly. And here's here's the other thing. Nobody thinks TJ Watt isn't going to get paid. Nobody thinks that. I, I, I shouldn't say nobody, but I would be stunned if anybody's like, I bet TJ's walking. He's not walking. So again, why would Adams is in the same situation as Watt lead people to believe that Adams is walking? TJ Watt will get a massive contract from the Pittsburgh Steelers. If not, I don't, I mean, that's insane. The entire team's going to be leaving soon. They should have a ton of money. It's the best player on their entire team. I don't think it's really close. So yeah, but he goes on to say, according to a source familiar with the Adams situation, the all-pro receiver is at a stalemate with the club over the structure of a new deal. Initially, Adams wanted the highest average of any receiver in the league, but the focus has turned toward guaranteed money. Now, here's another thing to think about with that. They've been negotiating for who knows how long about, I want $27 million, right? And so the Packers are like, well, it's a little crazy. Uh, we could try to work with that, but the contract's going to be kind of stupid, Kind of like, what's his name's contract, which is actually quite stupid. But if you just want 27 to show up on your thing um, so your agent can brag about how much money or whatever, that's fine. And then at some point shifted the focus. If these things take months to hash out, we're kind of starting over from scratch and now the season is starting. So there's not a lot of contract negotiation going on right now. It's going to continue on, but we're kind of starting over. So again, okay, we've got a new focus we want to focus on, uh, you know, guarantees, and that's where we're headed. So now we're going to focus on guarantee structure and all these different things. And we'll slowly start whittling away at it, and we'll see what happens. And yes, it'll probably come down to the wire like Aaron Jones. Maybe it'll get done midseason. I don't know. But that's another thing to keep in mind. When you shift focus after all these months of trying to work out a deal, we have to rework out a deal. Ask Wednesday if there's any chance he would sign a contract extension before the Packers season opener against New Orleans uh, in Jacksonville on Sunday. Adam's response, he said, no chance. And again, that probably scares some people as well, but he kind of alluded to that already, talking about his focus is on playing football and he doesn't really want to deal with that right now. I, I think maybe some people are taking no chance as I will never sign with this team, but you guys are just panicking for no reason. He didn't say that. He's laying out what he wants from the Packers so that he can sign the piece of paper and stay here as a very rich human being. 
He's not saying I'm not staying here. Goes on to say the Packers have reached deals with players on the eve of the regular season opener or in the first few weeks of the season, but generally it's not done then. The price goes up and the Packers face an uphill climb because the player can see the light of free agency ahead. That is true. There's also the lingering issue of injury, which is why a lot of players want this done prior to. But yeah, like he said, once the season starts and we're kind of rolling toward this thing, you know, you start thinking, man, I could really command a lot out there on the market, you know? And look, there probably is similar issues that we talked about earlier with Aaron Rodgers believing he has a lot of leverage. And, and um, you know, I bet Devontae is in a similar situation, which I don't think he's focusing on it, but let's say his agent is. You know, there's a lot of turmoil with, with Aaron Rodgers, and so you got a couple different angles here. First of all, losing the fan base. If Aaron Rodgers and Devontae leave, everybody in your fan base is going to hate you because you lost those two players, and there's no reason you should have lost those two players. Beyond that, if you want to woo Aaron Rodgers back here and you end up letting Devontae leave, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be super happy with you, especially if the whole point of this is you're too stuck in your ways because you know Aaron Rodgers doesn't like when you get stuck in your ways and you let Devontae Adams walk because you're stuck in your ways. That's not going to work over very well with Aaron Rodgers. So again, there's a lot of leverage here by Devontae, but just like what we said that last time with Rodgers, the Packers looked at it and said, you have no leverage. Turns out the Packers were right in that. So, you know, we've, we've, in other words, we've seen some very powerful people try to play the leverage game with the Packers and it doesn't work. And the Packers do a great job from a negotiating standpoint of holding their ground and going, I don't care. You do what you want, but this is what it is. This is your best option. You know it. I know it. Sign on the dotted line. Let's make you rich and get you some Super Bowls. Or you can go to the Raiders and flounder, but you'll have $2 million more million in your bank account. It's up to you. Anyways, giving a little bit more context here in this article by Mr. Tom Silverstein. Receiver Julio Jones, now with the Tennessee Titans after a June trade from Atlanta, received the highest amount of guaranteed money for a receiver, $64 million, in a three-year extension he signed in 2019. It included a $25 million signing bonus and base salaries of $1.3 million in 2021 and $11.5 million in 2022 and 2023. Uh, General Manager Brian Gutekunst has stressed that the Packers plan to make Adams the highest paid receiver in the NFL, but he admitted the two sides disagree on what the yearly average should be. Adams argues it should be $27.25 million in Arizona, DeAndre, blah, 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 right? This is all the old information that we had a long time ago. But here, here's kind of the, the other part that, again, and I'm sure there's a reason for it that I don't fully understand it, but they go on to give two examples of, of players uh, who got giant contracts and um, lots of guarantees, and they were front-loaded. For example, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, of his $79.2 million in guarantees, 57.5 was in the form of a signing bonus. How difficult has it been the last couple years to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? Does impossible come to mind? Why? Well, a lot of it has to do with that signing bonus. The rest of it has to do with that so-called fake money that the Packers put out there. So the idea that they sign these big signing bonuses and then it's all fake money and then they can just cut them whenever they want is not true. The total value and the the total guarantees are the same as what everybody else gets around the NFL. The only question is structure. And again, the Packers like to do it earlier, pay it up front, front load it so that we're not getting killed on the back end. Some teams like to back load it so that it's easier now but, uh, you know, later we'll kind of figure that out. But anyways, that's that's kind of that. That's my thought on that. Um, again, I, I'm still confident they're going to work it out. They may not, but it would be a very rare situation. The Packers, 
again, when they want to keep somebody, they generally are going to keep that person. And that's just that. These are different times, but, um, you know, uh, it's been pretty consistent that they've, they've, they've never wavered from it. I've never seen anything that said, you know, we'll see, or we're going to kind of let that ride out until next year, or, you know, we'll see how it goes. They're actively trying to get him signed. Not all these other guys, Devontae. That's their biggest priority right now. Anyways, thank you to everybody that uh, came to the live stream, I guess, last night. Uh, would have been about 10 minutes ago for me. But it's uh, a lot of fun, good times. Thank you again to Jason Miller and Mike Hebring, who uh, threw in that $5 super chat at the end. I completely missed it. It was right as I hit uh, goodbye, you snuck it in there. But uh, it's always a good time, and we get to talk about some things. And some of the things that came up, um, I didn't recognize, and so I want to touch on it now. Number one, first of all, Adam Troutman is out for the year. I've mentioned how he could be somewhat of a wild card. He is out. He is not a wild card. The more important thing to look at here is Latavius Murray was released three hours ago uh, via, you know, whatever, about five o'clock yesterday. That is very significant. Um, Latavius Murray is the running back for the New Orleans Saints. This is a team that has lost a lot of players, a lot of very important players. They lost their number one wide receiver and all that stuff. And I know, well, Alvin Kamara is their running back. Mm, Alvin Kamara is their weapon. And I know JJ hates that term, but it's, it's a more accurate way of describing he's not just a running back. In fact, Latavius Murray outtouched Alvin Kamara by about double on the ground, and he was a much better running back. I think I still have it sitting up here. Um, Alvin Kamara only ran the ball six times for 58 yards and no touchdowns and had a 57 overall rushing grade against the Green Bay Packers. He didn't kill us on the ground. It was all through the air. Running the ball was Latavius Murray. 12 carries, 58 yards, 72 overall grade. Now, Latavius didn't kill us either. We did a good job stopping the run. But the point is, Latavius had 12 carries compared to Alvin Kamara's six. Latavius is the guy that gets the bulk of the carries, while Alvin Kamara is sort of like the Aaron Jones. He doesn't maybe get as many, but he's much more lethal when he gets them. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? If your plan, similar to what the Packers do, is to have Aaron Jones be your star, but then you have somebody else spell him, Latavius Murray was like our Jamal. He's not our, our, our A.J. Dillon. He's not our Kylan Hill. It would be like if we just had Jamal, and then let's just literally say Ty Montgomery, right? So Ty is kind of a, mm, I don't really know what to do with this guy. Uh, he's kind of a wide receiver, I guess, but I don't really know. And then Jamal. And then Jamal apparently decided he would refuse to take a pay cut because the Saints are still reeling from contract issues, I guess. And he said, I will not take a pay cut. And so they cut him just a couple days before the season starts. And um, so now they are without Latavius Murray, who has been a major part of this team and a major part of their offensive game planning going forward, as well as a major part of their offensive game plan for the Green Bay Packers. Now, granted, the Packers have been preparing for it too, but they can just rip out a couple of their notes uh, moving forward. This, this, is, this is problematic. Now, I'm not saying I'm looking forward to Alvin Kamara getting a bunch more carries because, let's face it, 58 yards on 6 carries and 58 yards on 12 carries, I can do pretty simple math. That's um, that's a lot more damage done by Alvin Kamara on a per-carry basis, right? But that's not what they want to do. They, they're not going to give him 18 carries or 20 carries. And if they are, then they're not going to be using him through the air so much, right? I mean, there's only so much a guy can do. And if you're planning on long-term aspirations beyond just beating the Packers, you can't burn them into the ground week one. 
right? You, you do the same thing they do with, with uh, Aaron Jones. You save him early, you burn him out late. Um, if you look at, he had one game in week four where he had 19 carries. Otherwise, the other four games of his top five games were late in the season. Uh, week 13, he had 15 carries. Uh, week 16, he had 22 carries. And in the wild card round, he had 23 carries. That was his most once he got into the playoffs. In fact, the two playoff games, uh, 18 and 23. Same with Aaron Jones. You you, you kind of ease him into it, generally getting about, let's see, 228 divided by, divided by 17. 13 carries a game is what he gets. So are you worried about Alvin Kamara? Of course. But he's not a 20 carry per guy guy, 20 carry per game guy. And now the guy that does get the bulk of the carries, because you want to run the ball 22, 25, 27 times, whatever the case may be. Well, if, if Kamara's only getting 12, who's getting the rest? And if our game plan, now that we just lost a running back, is we're going to have to lean on Alvin to run the ball more than we expected, does that mean we're going to be putting him in the slot a little bit less? I sure hope so. But it is not a minor thing. I think a lot of people are going to look at this and say, well, Latavius is just their number two guy. Who cares, right? It'd be like if uh, the Packers lost Jamal last year or two years ago. Kind of, but but really think about that. If, if they did lose, let's let's go back two years ago or even back with Mike McCarthy when, when Aaron Jones and Jamal are all we had. If you lose Jamal, what do you do with running the ball? Let's say you want to run the ball 25 times. How do you parse that out? Now, I'm sure most Packer fans would be like, dude, give it to Aaron 25 times. I don't care, but I'm just saying that changes the dynamic of what we're doing. Anyways, it's about 8.30. The family should be home pretty soon. I think I'm going to call it a little bit early today. Uh, there were a couple other things we can touch on, but nothing super serious. Um, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. Again, be sure to just just kind of hover around, see if I'm going live on YouTube or whatnot. It'd be cool to hang out with you guys during the football game. So I don't have to watch it by my lonesome, but uh, otherwise, have a great day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.